Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning, live from Israel. WABC. Birthday to Phil Collins. According to the uh, genius that is Lou Rafino, Collins, 73 years old today. I do love this song. The problem is it takes too long to get to the awesome drum solo, but for Pelamore, this Lewis, why not? We just had a very emotional hour. Rachel Goldberg, next step. Here's a little more Phil Collins in the air tonight. Talk to Faith Defense Attorney Arthur Idala coming up this hour. And then another gentleman we met this morning on our tour, which was a an unbelievable tour. And uh, what is that gentleman's name again, Justin? Gabby. Gabby, that's right. Gabby Harrow, I believe. Yes. So we got two more great guests still to come before we hand it off to Brian Kilmeade. And then I think I'm on Brian Kilmeade's show today. Yeah. I think I'm on at uh, 10.30 local time. It's a packed day for you, bro. Yeah, I know. i got to stick around and do that. I'll be on Steve Bannon's War Room show coming up on Thursday. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. I've got a couple of interviews to do here locally for um, Israeli newspapers and TV stations over the next few days. So a lot to be done, but it's been an unbelievable couple of days already. I mean, unbelievable. It really has. Let's get to uh, famed defense attorney Artie Idala. He's on the phone right now back in New York City. Arthur, good morning. Here it's good afternoon. How are you, buddy? I never uh, I never say that I'm jealous or envious of anyone, but I would love – I texted you the night before last. Like, if I was in a different point in my life right now and I wasn't studying for all these cases I have coming up, I'd be on the next plane and hanging out with you. But I'll make you laugh. 
and I hope it comes true. I'm, I mean, I'm dying to go to Israel. But you could go out on a limb. Ready, Sid? Go on a limb. Take a guess what band announced that they're going to play Israel sometime in 2024 or early 2025 that I'm going to go see over there. Well, I can tell you this. It's not going to be Pink Floyd and Roger Waters. No. But knowing you, and, I'm going to go with the Rolling Stones. And, you know, Pink Floyd, you're correct. And the Stones played there once before in 2014. And, yes, Pink Floyd and Roger Waters gave them such a hard time. Don't, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. And, and Mick and Keith said, yeah, go F yourself. And they Love went that. and they played in Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv a, a decade ago. And they announced that they're gonna, they announced after October 7th that they're going to go back and play a gig. They just have to work out the logistics. So I'll be there someday, but I'm so happy for you, bro. It's, I mean, obviously, this is an experience of a lifetime, and, uh, and you deserve it. As I'm looking at your book here in my house, and I get off to a late start because I was in the office until 2 a.m., Sid Rosenberg, Citizens United, yeah. the latest field <laughs> story suggestions and solutions yeah. to withstand and woke world, a woke yeah. world. So it's, it's, it's a woke world. Kevin uh, Breslin uh, jumps in here. He says, I come from a Pulitzer home. He's the son of the all-time great Jimmy Breslin, and uh, he writes, big work you are doing, I guess, saying I deserve a Pulitzer. I'm not sure that's the case, but I will tell you this, Artie. Being here the last couple, thank you, Kevin, the last couple of days, it is, it's an amazing country. You've traveled, I know, all over the world. You go to Italy like I go to Bay Ridge. But um, the history, I mean, there's a, there's a little part here in this, uh, in this country where you've got uh, Jesus, his tomb, and uh, not far That's from that. That's my boy. That's my boy. Did you say hello to my boy, Jesus? Yes, I did. He's a big fan of mine, too. He loves the show. And uh, not far from that, you, you've got the, the Israel uh, side. So you've got the, basically the history of the world. The history of the world is right here in Israel. Pretty amazing. When are you meeting with Netanyahu? I don't know. We're uh, working on it. And uh, you know who's going to get me that meeting, don't you? A guy. Yes, your client, Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're very close. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're, and you know, you know who knows them as well since we're having an open conversation here on the chit-chatting line is Caron. Caron was there when he was, you know, chief of staff a year ago. Frank, yes. I know Frank does. So does Anthony. They come back to Israel uh, often. They do. And uh, they know BB very, very well. But he's, he's all busy these days, obviously. And, look, there's a lot of fear, anxiety, and all that. I mean, people here still have a very, very good time. They're all very, very sweet. They're all loving people. Uh, they walk around with guns, obviously. But there is a, a healthy anxiety, more than fear, a healthy anxiety that the North is about to explode. That will be a war that will really change people's lives all across this country, as far south as Jerusalem, because – what happened on October the 7th really affected the South. I mean, yes, we've seen rocket fire, Tel Aviv, very little Jerusalem, but basically that affected the South. What's going on in the North with Hezbollah and, of course, backed by Iran, that is going to affect this whole country. So, folks, where I am in Jerusalem, hours away from the North, they expect everything from electrical grids to be shut down, difficulty getting things as simple as water above and beyond the death toll from a real war up in the north. So they are really nervous about the next couple of months. And so Bibi's got his work cut out for him. Get out the hostages, beat Hamas in the south, and figure out a way to keep the world out basically in the north. That's a lot of work. 
Listen to you. You sound better than Mr. T did in Polly Pref. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. T. So tell me this. I, I may sound great, know what I'm talking about, but there's a lot of times in the news these days, Arthur, where I feel really stupid. And one of those days was a couple of days ago when this judge came down with this ruling that my friend Donald Trump was going to have to pay Eugene Carroll who's clearly a liar. I tend to go with the women 99% of the time. There is no doubt this lady is lying. $83 million? What kind of number is that? Well, it, well see, that's why I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. I no longer believe the women 99% of the time. And here's why. That number you just said, it is so easy, whether consciously or subconsciously, Today, in today's day and age, when they are handing out money like cotton candy, literally, for a woman in their own brain, we had an expert on the stand in the Harvey Weinstein case talking about memories regarding sexual uh, encounters and how they get changed, they get morphed. When you have these kinds of opportunities to say, well, yeah, we fooled around and I wanted to go to first and second base, but he went to third base. And that's a crime, and if you don't settle with me, I'm going to tell you, your, your boss, and you're going to lose your job, so I want to check for a quarter of a million dollars right now. I mean, I'm representing someone right now who you and I both know, who's uh, he's not on your radio show, so nobody should get the wrong impression, but he's a public figure, and he's being accused of, of not rape, but just something inappropriate of sexual nature at a location he didn't even own. At the time this was supposed to take place, he has 16 alibis, 17 ways from Sunday. But if it gets out that this, he was accused, as Dershowitz wrote the book, guilt by accusation, not, not by conviction, but the, a mere accusation means you're, you're done. So if he gets just accused, he's in the he's, – so this guy's writing out a check, and it's killing. wants to throw up every day in my office. I was like, look, if you owned a bagel store – we would fight this like crazy. Right. But because of what you're doing, and the, the next gig you get, the next opportunity you have, they're going to Google you, and this is going to be the first thing that comes up. So well, I've heard that before well, about them. Um, really it didn't really happen. Right, but I, I've heard that before about famous people who uh, write the check, and there are big numbers. Michael Jackson, my friend Bill, without getting into it, big, big numbers, okay? Um, he and did some he, of them, he did, he just did it, right? Right, he, he did, did he, right, he, I think he's done it twice. Um, and, and they say they write the check because, uh, like you said, they don't want any other aggravation. But also, and you tell me this is true, that if they don't, there's going to be a depot. And if there's a depot, then they will start to talk about stuff in their life that, quite frankly, may not be criminal, may not be sexual. But you know what? They don't want out there either. So there's a few reasons why some of these people write these big checks. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. So one, one of the questions may be hypothetically, totally hypothetically, have you ever cheated on your wife? And you may want to, the truth may be yes, but that doesn't mean you raped somebody. That doesn't mean you sexually assaulted somebody. It could be two, you know, consensual adults who, yes, I had an affair on my wife. So if you don't want to lie under oath, then, you know, you, you, yes, you may not want to sit, sit for the deposition. But my, look, I was with Jim Dolan. The, and the head of MSG because I represent Harvey Weinstein, and both of them are now getting sued. And I said to him, I go, I'm surprised before they filed this public lawsuit 
they didn't try to shake you down and say, look, you know, give us a whole bunch of money before we file the suit. He looked at me. He goes, oh, yeah, they tried to do that. I told him to go, you know, and he used some curse words. Right, right, so right. That is, that, that's the M.O. They call you first, and they say, here's the – and they give you the complaint. Here's the complaint we're going to file against you. But if you give us money now, we won't file the complaint, and nobody will know about it, and we'll sign a confidentiality agreement. And they're just going to be handed around like cotton candy. And the thing with Trump – is that judge is a he's been around a long time, Sid, and the way you know radio, he knows the law and he knows how to you know, weave in and out. He knows how to go right up into that line to to take away people's rights and, and to kind of be a bully, not kind of to be a bully, but he doesn't he, he leaves enough of a room there so that the appellate court will say, well, he did take that into consideration. We're going to maintain his verdict. It's all going to depend on which three judges of the Circuit Court of Appeals get chosen to hear this appeal. Because in my opinion, look, I wasn't in the courtroom, but it seemed to me that the judge clearly had his thumb on the scales of justice against Donald Trump. Oh, from day one, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you know, we've heard from Alina Hubble who said that basically she was preparing the appeal after the first day in court. And then this poor bastard, Trump, who I love dearly, he's got to go from that, that ridiculous ruling, I believe, because I'm in Jerusalem, of course, that he's in criminal court today. Is that right? Yeah, I think today was they were just going to do some kind of a pretrial conference thing in, in uh, the Manhattan uh, State Court and um, – you know, I look to going back to Kaplan, the, the federal judge. I was in the courtroom with Takapina when he summed up and all that. And I heard, you know, the judge, Mr. Takapina, you're coming perilously close to violating my rulings. Like, <laughs> you know, like back off, like let let the lawyers do their thing. Of course, they got to maintain the, the rules of evidence and things like that. But when here's the here's the bottom line, Sid, a defendant. Now, it's different in the civil case and a criminal case. But Donald Trump wanted to testify in his civil case. Before the judge would allow him to testify, Abba had to say what questions she was going to ask him and what answers Trump was going to give before he took the stand. I've never heard of that in my life, that a defendant – and I know it's a civil case, so it's different than a criminal case, but because there was already depositions, so you have an idea of what Trump's argument is, and there's not that element of surprise that you normally have, like in a criminal case – Prosecutor doesn't know exactly what this defendant is going to say 99% of the time. The fact that the judge took away his right to testify is really putting you – he didn't take it away. He allowed him to testify for under three minutes. I mean, wrap your brain around that. You're accused of something. You're facing $100 million in damages, and the defendant, the guy who's supposed to be up there defending himself – is on the stand for under three minutes because of a judge's ruling. To me, that stinks to high heaven. No, it really does. It just, um, it's, it's incredible how unfairly they've been treating Donald Trump up the longest time now, but, uh, but that's the way it goes. So how many countries have you been to around the world without getting to Israel? Oh, right, a lot. But, you know, the thing is, I, I, we mentioned Dershowitz. Dershowitz, God bless him, 85 years old. We had this agreement that we're going to find a two-week period, and he's going to take me to Israel for a week, and then we're going to jump on a puddle jumper, and I'm going to take him to Sicily for a week, nice. and we're going to make it happen. So hopefully yeah. him between – he and I are doing so much work together. I'm so lucky. I mean, think about it. Uh, all kidding aside, it's like you working with, with, with Imus when you did or working with, with Howard Stern. I mean, Dershowitz is in my office doing legal work on a regular basis. Sometimes I have to pinch myself. 
A couple weeks ago, I had Rudy Giuliani in one conference room, Dershowitz in the other conference room. I had Harvey Weinstein on the phone with me and Ghislaine Maxwell on the phone with my partner, Diana Sampson. This moron from Poly Prep who went to SUNY Purchase and CUNY Law School has these four major things going on at the same exact time in my little office in Manhattan. You know, guys like me and you, somehow or another, Sid, we figured it out. Yeah, I know. It is amazing. You, me, Joe Tacopina, even Bruce Jarrett, all of us uh, want to do some very, very good things. And I really wanted to get you on from Israel because I know you, not only you're a dear friend of mine, but a dear friend of the Jewish people. So the conversation was great. And now you can say I was on with Sid when Sid was in Jerusalem a week I will never forget. So thank you for hopping on this morning, Artie. We love you. You did a great job. Thank you so much. All right, regards to your bride and your kids. Take care, brother. You got it, man. All right, thank you. That's a great defense attorney, author, dollar, great attorney, even better guy, sitting friends in the morning, down to about the last 30 minutes, day two of four shows, live from Jerusalem. My man Alex Freeman coming up big at JNS. JNS JNS.org, folks. JNS.org. We'll come back. Another great guest still to come on the Tuesday edition. Keep it right here. Trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
Sit in Friends in the Morning, live from Israel, 77 WABC. Friends in the morning, wrapping up day number two of our four-day Israel trip. we got some great, great shows coming up the next two days with some really amazing guests. Amazing guests. And we're going to wrap up today with a very good guest. We did a nice tour this morning. Me and Justin, my wife Danielle, my children, Yehuda joined us, Aaron, a host of others. And we went to Gush Etzion. And it's a very, very interesting place. A place that um, you would think is Israel, right? You're in Israel and not that far from Jerusalem. Most of the people that live there are Jewish. And yet it's not considered Israel. But these are the people that are basically the last line of defense to protect Jerusalem and Israel. It's, a, it's kind of a wild story how the whole thing works. And uh, we were part of it this morning. We met a guy named Gabby Harrow, who works alongside One Israel Fund. And One Israel Fund, of course, is the group that sent us here to Jerusalem. The guys that um, picked up the the major expenses, if you will. And they've been terrific. The young lady today, Eve, who uh, was the tour guide, was great. Sure knows her stuff about the history of Israel. They all live here, obviously. And the Gush was an interesting tour stop this morning so with that said here he is our new friend gabby harrow gabby good afternoon buddy how are you hi Sid. good afternoon or good morning i'm doing well thank you you're welcome it is uh morning still you're right back in uh in new york just before uh, 10 o'clock in the morning we wrap things up but here uh heading close to five o'clock in the afternoon and we started early today well before we hit the airwaves in new york visiting you guys up in Gush, and it's a uh, pretty incredible story. We can tell folks who uh, maybe are tuning in this morning for the first time exactly where you guys are located and why you're not considered, I guess, part of Israel. <laughs> oh, that, that, I mean, it's hard for me to, to hear the last sentence, but I'll give what's important is to understand the, the, the background and history. Gush Etzion sits between Jerusalem and Hebron, or Hebron. Uh, it's it's played a uh, important uh, part of history, uh, biblical history. It sits on the main road. They used to, you know, people used to go into pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and this is how they used to walk. They used to walk through from Hebron or from down south from Beersheba all the way up to Jerusalem. So this was the main road. Uh, we have, uh, you know, historic uh, marks over here that, you know, with uh, uh, Roman milestones and uh, old uh, mikvahs. But Gush Etzion played a very, very vital part in also the establishment of the state of Israel. Basically, because we sit on the southern gate to Jerusalem, uh, the idea was wherever we put people, wherever people live, that's where our borders are. So... In 1943, uh, one kibbutz was established, Kfar Tzion, and by 1948, there were already four kibbutzim in uh, Gush Etzion. And what Gush Etzion is, it means it's a block. Uh, Gush means block. And basically, 
these uh, kibbutzim sat, sat on the border and protected protected the the southern gate to Jerusalem. Um, and on May thirteenth, nineteen forty eight, Gushetzion fell, and um, uh, all for basically Kfaratzion uh, was the first kibbutz to fall, and um, and all the soldiers, Palmach Nikim or Kibbutz Nikim, that were there, they waved the white flag, and uh, they were all lined up, and they were massacred. And on May 14th, while the state of Israel was being established, the three other Kibbutzim were taken uh, as captives to Transjordan. Um, just in a little bit of history, is that up till October 7th, this was the deadliest day of the establishment of the state of Israel. Uh, and there's a big comparison between October 7th to the massacre of Faratzion and Gushetzion. Um, this is why, by the way, on, a, on May 13th, the day before uh, Independence Day, it's always given Memorial Day. And the first memorial always starts in the Regional Council Cemetery in Gushetzion. And that's the vital part that Gushetzion uh, played in the establishment of the State of Israel. And fast forward to 2024. We are still playing that part. We have 22 communities and 28,000 residents, but we are still the protectors of Jerusalem and the southern gate to Jerusalem. And Ben Gurion said at his eulogy for all the fallen of Faratzion that if it wasn't for the brave people of Faratzion, there wouldn't be a Jewish Jerusalem that we know today. Now, in the movie that we saw this morning was so moving and um, did depict everything you just talked about, including the white flag, the massacre, then, of course, we saw the real bunker, the same bunker they used back in 1948 that is still there at the very yeah. end of the movie. Very, very moving. And then, of course, we got the personal yeah. tour from you and your buddy and everybody else. We'll keep a lot of those specifics off the air because they do involve some uh, some serious security. But you guys there in the gush, if you will, uh, you guys uh, still deal with uh, stuff in the Arabs uh, almost every day, um, upwards of five rock attacks to uh, anything from home invasions to guns. I'm not talking about fires or car accidents. I mean direct hits from the Arabs. That is still a, a major issue almost every day, yes? Correct. Uh, security here is, is very important. It's one of, uh, you know, Kushetian um, is, is known to be a major target for terrorist attacks. We have, you talk about fires, uh, but we have a lot of arson, a lot, a lot of arson that is directed to try burning down communities. Um, our whole fire uh, grade here is always on alert. We have a lot of volunteers. Um, and, yeah, security here is definitely one of our main uh, concerns and one of the main issues that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And, and luckily for us that we really have such an amazing partner, one of fun who's been with us from the beginning. Um, I don't think there's a, a week, I mean, a week is exaggeration. I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't have a connection with somebody from One Israel Fund for some sort of different project. If it's putting cameras in, getting drones, um, you know, it, it, I mean, they, they've definitely been an unbelievable uh, partner for Gusha Tsiana and for the foundation. They are an amazing foundation, no doubt about it. We deal with them, Scott and Eve, and you guys today, just just a great experience. So on the way out, you know, you uh, where I've been, uh, including Gush Etzion earlier today, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and I'll be heading south on Friday to 
see those key, uh, those kibbutzim and the Nova Music Festival where all these atrocities happened back on October the 7th. But everybody I talk to, basically to a man, to a man believes that the North, all that stuff happened in the South back on October the 7th, but the North is a tinderbox. And it's not a matter of if, just a matter of when, when Hezbollah and the North goes nuts, and now all of a sudden Israel is involved in a war which they may not, may not be able to handle. And I get the impression, being there today, that you guys are dealing with that possibility as well. Isn't that right? Every day, every day, um, we're, we're dealing with the possibility of another October 7th happening in Judah and Samaria, uh, but also especially in Gush because we are surrounded. All of our communities are surrounded, and um, we're, we are doing the best that we can. We're taking all the precautions that we can. We're training our first response teams. Uh, we're trying to get them all the equipment that they need uh, to make sure that we all stay safe and that our residents stay safe. And, uh, yeah. It's it's tough. It's a tough time to be in Israel. It's a tough, tough time to be um, a Jewish American. You know, for for us, it's a ch- we choose to stay here every day. You know, I could pick up and leave and move back to the states, but it's a it's a choice that that my wife and I make that we're gonna our kids are gonna grow up here, and these are our ideals that we want to install in them. And it's tough times, but we're gonna. I say this all the time. We we've won. We're winning, and we're always gonna win, and we're gonna be here forever. What part of America are you from again? I was born in L.A., but born I was LA. raised here in Israel. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I meet a lot of people that came here from America. Nobody says, I can't wait to get back to the United States. I haven't heard that once. They're like, I'm never going back. I love it here. And being here for two days, Gabby, I can see that. So I want to thank you again for a great job earlier today for those thank beautiful you. gifts that you bestowed to me and Curtis. And uh, really just being a very hospitable and smart guy. That was that was very interesting this morning, so you'll be safe, and I'll see you again, pal. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. God bless you. Gabby Harrell right there on Sid and Friends in the morning. And uh, that was uh, he's one of the top security guys in Gush Etzion. And, and you hear it, uh, another place that they worry about, an October 7th attack happening any time. But, of course, that is still far south of the north where Hezbollah is waiting, we all believe, to make their big move make their big move, and then basically Israel is going to be on fire. All right, the number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. We're going to come back and wrap up another great show, two great shows, halfway home, ladies and gentlemen, back in the United States on Sunday, back in the studios on Monday. But a big day three coming up tomorrow. We'll come back and wrap things up from JNS Studios right after this. Sit in friends in the morning, live from Israel. WABC.
Drop off Bill Collins in Genesis on this today, Bill Collins. 73rd birthday, wrapping things up, day number two. We've had a big, big, big show today, no doubt about it. The next segment, very good. Rachel Goldberg, just unbelievable. She really was, and she was on for about a half hour. Her son, Hirsch, is still one of the hostages being held in Gaza. Plenty of local talk today as well. Audie Idala talking about Donald Trump, Curtis Sliwa talking about uh, Eric Adams. So we got you covered there tomorrow. Big, big guest list. Rudy Giuliani is going to be here tomorrow. Peter King, Judge Deneen, her Wednesday show, and uh, one or two more guests live from Israel as well. So we got a big, big show coming up tomorrow. I've got Brian Kilmeade coming up next. So I'm going to stick around in the JNS studios for about a half hour, do a live hit with Brian on his big radio show. Then I've got an interview to do today and tomorrow with local Israeli papers. Then Thursday, I'm doing Steve Bannon's show, The War Room, his podcast, live in studio. So a lot to do, not just on WABC, but around the world where people seem really interested, really interested in what we've seen and what's going on here. They want a first-hand account, and I am all too willing and happy to provide it. So the work continues, even though our workday is over here on WABC. And, of course, uh, we hope, as always, you enjoyed the program. Louis, uh, back home, you did a tremendous job today. Thank you for the Phil Collins information. Great job out of Louis. Once again, terrific work out of Rich Belly filling in for Justin, who's here in Jerusalem. Noam Layden, another great job by Noam Layden. And, uh, Justin, you were great here in Jerusalem as well. That wraps things up. For the second day of our four-day Jerusalem tour, we hope you enjoyed it. Check out all the pictures on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney. That's at Rosenberg.Sydney, Sid Rosenberg on Facebook. Continue to listen to WABC. You'll hear me on Brian Kilmeade coming up in about 30 minutes. And, of course, as Gene would say, God willing, we'll all be back for a 6 a.m. New York show tomorrow morning, show 3 or 4 on a Wednesday. Until then... From my guys back in the studios in New York and from us in the studios in Jerusalem. Peace! This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.